Hey everyone, it's Adam, and you're listening to the Embrace Podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. Hey guys, how's everyone doing today? Everyone doing okay? My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here. Happy Palm Sunday to all of you at all of our campuses, all of our network churches, all of you online, listening on iTunes later in this week. Uh, huge welcome to every single one of you. We're excited that you are here. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and we cannot wait to celebrate. Here at Embrace, we got a bunch of fun things planned. There's egg hunts with 10,000 eggs. There's food trucks. There's family photos, there's bunnies, there's chicks. So there's all kinds of fun things that we're doing, but more than anything, we're excited to celebrate and talk about Jesus. We're gonna talk about Jesus. I shared this last week, the Easter message is so needed right now. As Christians, the resurrection is the foundation of our faith. And so more than any other time of the year, I wanna challenge you to challenge your friends, tell your friends to come, tell your coworkers, your neighbors, your family members say, I want you here. Would you come and attend an Easter service with me? It's it's amazing to think that someone's life could be forever changed because of a simple invitation. Every single year, we have people a few months now from now who will say to us, I got an invitation and I came Easter Sunday and God began to change and transform my life. And so we are excited about next week on Easter Sunday. Today, though, we are starting up a brand new series called Seven Miles, Seven Miles. And when I started thinking about this series called Seven Miles, I immediately thought about the classic song from the early 1990s from the most amazing group called The Proclaimers. You know what I'm talking about? Everyone know this song? If you don't know this song, God doesn't love you. I'm sorry to tell you that. But instead of just talking about this song, I thought we could sing this song, Please Don't Leave Me Hanging, all right? And I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more. Da-da-da! Da-da-da! All right, you guys stepped it up better than I thought you were going to. I was like, you're going to leave me hanging and I'm going to pray for your souls, okay? So uh, this series, again, is called Seven Miles. And today and next weekend, we are going to be looking at a part of the Easter story that you typically don't hear much about on Easter. And yet this is a story that is so powerful and profound, And just to set our story up for us, recently, Jesus has come riding a donkey into the city of Jerusalem. And as he's riding in the town, the people are celebrating and they're cheering him on and they're throwing their palm branches on the ground before his donkey. And this is what we celebrate today, which is Palm Sunday. Once he gets into town, though, we find out that Jesus has a last supper with a few of his close friends. And after the meal, one of Jesus' friends ends up betraying Jesus. Jesus is arrested and Jesus is nailed to a cross on a Friday. Like like Jesus is killed. He is brutally murdered for all to see. And as a result, all of his fowlers are 
devastated at this point, right? Like their leader is dead. The movement is over. Everything they're excited about is no longer, but supposedly on a third day, on an Easter Sunday, supposedly there was a few women, also a couple of guys who said that the tomb was now empty and Jesus was not there. He wasn't there. And so all of this is happening. And this brings us to our story for this series where a guy named Luke tells us about two people, two followers of Jesus who are on a road that is seven miles long. And as they're walking on this road, they're trying to process everything that's happened. They're trying to make sense of it all. And here is what we are told. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. And I would walk seven miles south, okay? So they're, they're walking on this road towards this village called Emmaus. To be more exact in the Greek, it actually says that it's 60 stadia away. More accurately, 6.8 miles, but we didn't like the sound of 6.8 miles, so we just decided to round up like everyone in the English version does. And so they're, they're walking on this seven miles, and they're headed towards this village called Emmaus, when we are told this. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened, everything about Jesus and him, him being killed and the tomb now empty. And as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing him. Jesus asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped and stood still with sadness written across their faces. Again, there's these two guys. They're walking these seven miles and as followers of Jesus, they are now devastated about everything that's happened. Jesus is dead. The one they loved is dead. The one they believed in is dead. Their leader is dead. The one they placed their hope in is dead. And he wasn't just dead. He was publicly mocked and he was brutally killed for all to see. And as they're walking these seven miles and they're trying to process and, and discussing everything that has happened out of nowhere, Jesus comes up to them, but they do not recognize Jesus. And Jesus basically asks, he basically asks, are you doing all right? Are you doing okay? You see, these two guys, they, they, they couldn't hide the pain. They couldn't hide the confusion. They couldn't hide the disappointment. And we're told that sadness was written across their faces. Just to ask, have you ever been there before? Have you ever, ever felt this, 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 this way? Like you had so much pain inside you, so much confusion inside you, so much disappointment inside you that you, you couldn't hide it and it was written across your face. Maybe in the past you lost your job, a relationship, a loved one, and it was written across your face. Maybe someone took advantage of you. Maybe in the past you were doing so well and yet you screwed up once again and it was written across your face. And so that's the past. But my question today, though, is what's written across your face right now? What's written across your face today? Is it sadness? Is it disappointment? What's written across your 
your face? Is it loneliness? Is it grief? Is it anxiety, exhaustion? And maybe it's actually not written across your face because you've done a really, really good job of burying it really, really deep down inside you. But if you were honest with yourself, what would your face say? Would it say addicted? Would it say bitter? Would it say angry? Would it say insecure? Maybe someone put a label across you years ago, or maybe you put a label on yourself. And what does the label say? Does it say loser? Does it say womanizer? Does it say easy? Does it say cheap? Does it say used? Does it say ugly? Does it say unlovable? Once again, what is written? What is written on your face? I'm always amazed after a hard day. It's like the moment I come in the back door of my house, my wife can look at me for two seconds. If she just sees my face, she can immediately tell if there's something wrong. And she'll just say to me, what's wrong with you? Before even saying hi, she'll see it that quickly. She'll, she'll just say, what's wrong with you? Infinitely greater than my wife. Infinitely greater. Jesus knows what's written on your face. He knows what's written on your face. I mean, with others, we can try to hide what's written on our face. With others, we can, we can put on a mask. We can put on a show. We can put on a front what's written across our, our, our face. With others, we can add an Instagram filter. But with Jesus, he's able to see through it all. No matter how hard we try to bury it or hide it, he's able to see through the show. And he not only sees what's written on our face, but more than that, he sees what's written on our heart. He sees what's written on our soul. He sees what's written on the deepest part of who we are. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful for this. I'm so grateful that when I try to hide Jesus, he just sees through all the crap. And he just understands. I don't need to try to articulate like exactly how I'm feeling because he just understands. He sees it all. Jesus knows what's written on your face. And so these two people, they're devastated about everything that's happened and, and sadness is written across their face. And then, then one of them, Cleopas, replied to Jesus, that is, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened. You must be the only one who hasn't heard about, about everything the, the, there the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. Wait, what things? What things? Jesus is the one who was killed. Like he knows exactly what things are. But sometimes Jesus will ask a person, he'll ask a person a question to find out what they actually believe. More, more specifically, sometimes Jesus will ask us a question to find out what we believe. He'll ask a question he knows the answer to, just almost so we can hear it with our, with our own ears. They responded back. The things that happened to Jesus. The man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people, including us, but our, our leading priests. And other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. He was killed. And we had hoped, we had hoped that he was the Messiah. We had hoped that he was the one who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. 
And so they start explaining everything about Jesus. And then they say, we had hoped. We had hoped that Jesus was the Messiah that was going to come and rescue us. Just a quick side note. The last few weeks, we've been talking about, about the kings of Israel through 1 Samuel. Saul and David and so on were the people of God, the Israelites. They were waiting for and hoping for a perfect king that would come and save and rescue them. Well, that's what these two guys on the seven-mile journey are talking about. They're, they're, they had hoped that Jesus was this king. They had hoped that he was the one who was going to come and lead them and, be, and free them, that, that Jesus was going to be the person that, that he said, said he was. But now that Jesus is, is, is dead, they're convinced that their hope is lost. Like their hope, it's, it's shattered. Just to say it, there's nothing worse than getting to the place where you lose hope. Nothing. There's nothing worse than this getting to that place where you lose hope. Now, I'm changing some, some details, but a couple of years ago, I randomly started looking for an old record player because I'm awesome like that, okay? So I started looking for a record player, and late one night, I came across one on Facebook for $100. Facebook Marketplace is my favorite place. <laughs> and I usually don't spend $100 on anything that's old because usually you can find it for a lot cheaper. But I immediately knew that this record player was at least worth two or three times the amount. And so I messaged the guy back and I just asked the immediate question that fills it there for you. Is this still available? So I clicked that and uh, they responded back, yes. It, like really quickly. And so I said back, I know it's really late on a Saturday night and it's flipping cold outside, but I just really, really want this record player, okay? Would you be willing to, to meet right now? I'm like, they're never gonna say yes. Within seconds, yes. So 15 minutes later, I'm, I'm parked in a, in a shady parking lot when a shady looking car pulls up to mine and a, a guy gets out and he walks up to my car with a record player, and as he's getting closer, I immediately realized that I know the person. So he lowers his window, and I said, Dan? And he said back, Pastor Adam? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, get in, get in. So he, he gets in the car, and immediately when he gets in the car, I'm realizing that things are not adding up, okay? You see, Dan is a super sharp business guy my age, always very, very put-together and, and as soon as he got in, I just knew things weren't adding up. I mean, he's usually super sharp and he just looked horrible. So he sits down and I don't know why I just said, first thing, I, Dan, are you doing okay? He says, no. I ask as gently as I can, Dan, are you struggling with something right now? He said, I'm battling meth. said, my wife left me a little while ago. I don't blame her. I made some bad business decisions. And at one of my lowest points, a friend of mine introduced me to meth and now I'm hooked and I can't stop. And I just can't believe this is what my life has become. I just can't believe it. 
The next day, Dan messaged me and let me know that the, that the record player was actually a record player that he stole from his aunt. That night, what I heard Dan say to me, though, was I had hoped, I had hoped that my life wouldn't turn out like this. I had hoped that I would never be in a car on a dark Saturday night selling crap that's not mine. I had hoped that it wouldn't turn out this way. I had hoped. Have you ever lost hope before? Maybe it doesn't look like like Dan's situation looks different for you. Ever lost hope in a, in a, in a dating situation in a, with, with your marriage? Ever lost hope that it was, it was too late to change? Ever lost hope that you'll ever be happy, that you'll ever find joy, that you'll ever live a somewhat normal life? This week, when I thought about these two guys on this road that they're hopeless, it's seven miles long and Sadness is written across their their face when I sat with this story. All I could think was without hope, seven miles feels like a thousand. Like without hope, seven miles, it feels like forever. It's it's like, is it ever going to end? It feels impossible. It feels overwhelming. This this place that I'm in that I don't want to be, it feels like a thousand This cancer diagnosis, it feels like a thousand. This job I don't like, it feels like a thousand. With hope, seven miles goes quickly. With hope, I can do anything, but without hope, seven miles feels like forever. Like it's never gonna end. That night, sitting with Dan in my car, I could just see it written on his face seven miles. It feels like a thousand. But, but these two guys, they're, they're on this seven mile road and sadness is written across their face and they had, they had hoped that Jesus wasn't, wasn't dead. They had hoped that, that all the things he said was true and yet here's what's crazy. Do you see it? It's so obvious. Where is Jesus? Where's Jesus? He's right beside them. They had hoped that Jesus was all this thing and they're even telling Jesus, where is Jesus? He's right there. These two guys though, they must be important. They must be really, really special and I'm not important because I'm not mentioned in the Bible. No, these two guys are nobodies. One of them's named Cleopas, and Cleopas is just a bad name, okay? Any mother who names their son Cleopas, it's a clear sign she doesn't love you, okay? Sorry, mom, okay? He's named Cleopas. We're, we're here about Cleopas one time in the Bible, right here. The other guy, we're not even told anything about him, nothing. And so these two nobodies are, are, are walking on this seven-mile journey and, and sadness is written across their face and we had hoped, and where is Jesus? You might not recognize him, but he's right there. 
He's, he's right there. In the middle of their sadness, in the middle of their confusion, in the middle of this vertigo that they're standing in, Jesus is right there. Are you on a sad, hopeless, seven-mile road today? You might not recognize him, but Jesus is right beside you. He's, he's, he's right beside you. You get a text message from your spouse that says you need to talk. He's right beside you. You get the divorce papers. He's, he's right beside you. You find out that your loved one's got cancer yet again. He's right beside you. Ever feel like a nobody? Is sadness written across your face? You might not recognize him. But Jesus is, is right beside you. Maybe more confusing. Maybe today your, your, your life is perfect. It's like so Pinterest. And everybody's cheering you on and you're just, everything is up and to the right. All the while you're miserable inside. You might not recognize him, but Jesus is right beside you. This is true today. It's been true every day and every moment of your life. And it will be true of tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. He's right there. Throughout life, when we're on roads that, that don't seem to have an end, in our sadness, in our confusion, in our hopelessness, where is Jesus? Could it be that he's right beside you? That encouraging note from a friend, that unexpected check in the mail, that stranger buying your coffee, that strength that doesn't come from you, that strength that allows you just to put one foot in front of the next, which feels like the most overwhelming challenge at some points when you're there, that that peace that's unexplainable, could it be that Jesus is right beside you, that he's right there? Back to that night with my friend Dan and his record player, when he told me that he was struggling with meth, I immediately looked back at him and I said, Dan, God's not done with you. He's not done with you. And I told him, I don't think it's a coincidence that the two of us are hanging out right now on a Saturday night out in a parking lot. I don't think it's a coincidence that you're selling a record player that's not yours to a pastor. It's not a coincidence. Instead, through that, I want you to hear that God sees you. He notices you. He cares about you. You might not be able to recognize it, but Jesus is right there. And he's been there the whole time. Today, for all of us, when you leave this place, I'm not sure where you're standing. I'm not sure what your seven-mile road looks like. I'm not sure if it, if it looks like a dark parking lot on a Saturday night. What I want you to hear is you might not recognize him, but Jesus is right here with you. He, he's, he's, he's right here. Where is he? He's here. In the middle of your confusion, in the middle of your disappointment and loss and insecurity and bitterness and hurt, he's right here. 
Earlier we said that without hope, seven miles feels like a thousand. The truth is without Jesus, seven miles feels like a thousand. It's not just a general hope, like hope and whatever it is. It's not just a general hope. Instead, it's Jesus. Jesus is what changes the seven miles. Without Jesus, seven miles feels like a thousand. And thankfully, the seven-mile journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus is not the end of the story. There's another seven miles. And that right there is exactly what we're going to talk about next week. That's what we're going to celebrate on Easter Sunday. Let's pray. Gracious Father, Heavenly King, we come before you thankful for who you are. Thankful that you're right here. You're right here with us. Jesus, sometimes we can't see you in the, in, the, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our heartache, but it's in those moments that you're actually the closest to us. So Jesus, today I, I pray for, for the person who's hurting. I pray for the person who's bitter. I, I pray for the person who looks like they're all together and yet inside there's so much security, insecurity, and there's, there's so much worry, and there's just so much darkness. There's, I pray for the person who just feels addicted or too broken or is unhappy. Like I, I just pray for the person who's got secrets. I, I, pray, I just pray for that person. God, would you just right now, would you just overwhelm us with your, with your love? Right now, through your Holy Spirit, would you overwhelm us with your peace? Right now, would you overwhelm us with your truth, with your wisdom? Right now, would you, would you overwhelm us with your freedom? Jesus, we're grateful that this seven miles isn't the end of the story. Jesus, we're so thankful as we look towards Good Friday. We, we're, we, we look, we're so grateful that you, you love us so much to the point of a cross. God, we thank you. We pray all these things in your name. All God's people said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at I am Thanks again for listening and have a great week.